Welcome back to the latest episode of the CGA Tour podcast. As always, here I'm your host, Calvin Glenn Alexander. And for the weekly Oklahoma State basketball, football, and all things OSU check-in, I'm joined as for always by Jake Jake R. Carlson. Your middle name will let people figure it out if they look up the iTunes description of the podcast. How about that? <laughs> iTunes pop by descriptions. You'll know what Jake's middle name is. My middle name is Glenn. Yeah. Everyone else that by now. Um we want to talk about a couple different things here tonight. One, Oklahoma State's basketball game against Iowa State last night. Two, we also want to talk about the uh, NFL playoffs and how it's going so far. Make a couple Super Bowl predictions, maybe. Fingers crossed. At least who's going to win this weekend. Yeah, yep. I want to get into that a little bit here, as well as some other stuff. First thing to, to say, Jake, is, is that, as you know, and probably a bunch of other people who listen to the podcast know, is that my my dad is one of the co-founders or founders of the Remember the Ten Run. Do just want to say, uh, as always, on January 27th, every single year, it's been 21 years since the plane crash. Just want to send the condolences to all the family and friends of everyone with the run, but with really remembering the ten. Um, and not necessarily to start the podcast on a super solemn note, but at the end of the day, it's something that I always think of every year on this day. So. If you haven't yet, uh, please sign up for the 10 run. It's the third weekend of April every year. So I think it's April, uh, middle of April, third weekend of April this year um, as well. So I'll put a, a link or so in the description for the podcast in there in case you want to sign up for the run that basically has a scholarship at the end of the day for counseling students in Oklahoma State. And that's what the run benefits. So anyways, with all that being said here, let's talk about some Oklahoma State basketball. We played against Iowa State last night and mm-hmm. ended up winning, excuse me, winning the rebounding margin or winning <laughs> some stat, I'm sure. But we definitely lost the game. Lost by three. Iowa State at home. 2013 rank in the country, but also ninth team in the Big 12. So what were your reactions from the game overall? Grant went to overtime. I can recap it yeah. more and more, but still. Um, I was impressed. I I thought we looked really good generally, especially after uh, looking as bad as we have offensively the past couple games. Um, Now, I don't necessarily watch a lot of Iowa State basketball um, like I have in years past. I've I've actually enjoyed a lot of the teams that they had when they were really good, when they had uh, Hoiberg um, with like Monte Morris. And, you know, we got to see some of those really fun teams um, come in and whoop up on us and that's okay. But yeah, I haven't, I haven't watched a lot of Iowa state this year, so I don't really know how they are, um, offensively, defensively, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, I, I know both of these teams aren't as bad defensively as the offense has made it seem. I know we're both much better defensively. I think we both just had an on night last night in terms of offense um, but uh, yeah, I was, I was genuinely impressed. I didn't think our defense was that bad. They just, there were a lot of people on Iowa state from, from what I read and what I was listening to on the broadcast that were doing things that they don't normally do. And yes, it's basketball. Yes, that can happen frequently, but it's frustrating. It's frustrating when. You know, I feel like I always had this like generally tall or white guy that just shoots threes all over us. Um, 
Matt Thomas comes to mind in years past. <clears throat> I think he plays for the Raptors now. I want to say he he's in the NBA somewhere and he's had a couple good games. Um, but people like that, that guy killed us. Brockington killed us. Um, those are really the two main ones other than our own guys, just not. I mean, as great as we played offensively, um, Bryce Thompson went one for eight and Rondell Walker went one for seven. Like they, they make one more basket and we, it's over, you know, like doesn't, we win. Um, and that didn't happen. So, um, well, not having a... Bryce, yeah. Not having Bryce Thompson sucks, or uh, Bryce Williams. Williams, sorry. yeah, yeah. No, 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 good. I I would say this: if Iowa State, you've got to go. How in the world do we not like blow them out? Period. From from these couple stats, I'm going to read here. Right, Oklahoma State was 47 percent from the field, was 29 percent from three, and was 75 percent from the free throw line. Iowa State, on the other hand, was 53% from the field, 42.9. So I'm rounding up here, 43% from three, and 50% from the free throw line, right? Mm -hmm. The key differences for me is that Oklahoma State, we definitely were driving the ball into the hoop and trying to do as much as we could to go, let's just go get fouled. Because we took 29 free throws. And normally I would go, man, the refs really killed us or whatever. They didn't, honestly. I mean, there's one play at the very, very end of the game that we can talk about of offensive basket interference mm-hmm. from CSA. That'll probably be one of the story type of book things that we talk about with Oklahoma State if we don't win this Saturday and you know, if we kind of have an up-and-down season or whatever it means to be. Yep. But we are 7-24 to from three. They were 12-28. of I mean, they made five more three-pointers on only four more three-point shots. So... The other thing, too, is that they shot the ball, period, in the game five more times than we did. And Grant, you know, they took four of those five extra shots they had were threes, but they made five more threes than we did. And that pretty much is is the game notes, to be honest. There were 28 lead changes. Neither team led by more than four points the whole game. Mm -hmm. And Oklahoma State only led by three. Iowa State was the one who actually led by four at one point before they they were leading by three. It's just an insane game. And there so were nine. There were what, like nineteen lead changes at halftime. Yeah, something. Um, it was something insane like that. But yeah, I mean, Iowa State, whether they are or not, again, I haven't watched a ton of them this year outside of what I what I watched last night. They are a jump shooting team. A lot of jump shots because <clears throat> they didn't have big men that could basically hang with our big men. Now, the only difference is they were making those jump shots. And we are not a jump shooting team, as we know. Um, Avery Anderson was last night. But outside of that, um, yeah, it's it's just... they. That was one of those games where they just made a couple more shots than we did. That That's what it really boiled down to for me. Um, I again I, I thought we should have won the game like you said. I, I genuinely do. I I thought we played better than them. 
um, if you just from a hole. But just some of the shots that they hit were insane. I mean, they were they were ridiculous. Brockington was hitting step back like mid range, like the worst shots in basketball. He was taking them and making them. And he hit one to basically win the. I mean, I don't want to say win the game, but he hit one to put him up three, which puts <clears> us <throat> in desperation mode when we have the ball next. The the one he hit to go to overtime was dumb. Mm-hmm. Like he and likely was all over him. Like there was nothing that likely could have done. That shot was going in. Yeah, I, do we want to talk about the turnover margin a little bit too? Because we had sixteen <clears throat> turnovers to their fifteen. Really about the same. The other big thing I noticed here, just overall, we only had two players scoring double figures. Mm-hmm. Avery scored 34 points at the end of the day. Insane yeah. amount of points. And he was getting the free throw line. I mean, 11 of those yeah. points from the free from the free throw line, from the charity stripe. But Iowa State, on the other hand, they were able to rotate guys in and out. I think this is one of the things that you and I look forward to see how the roster changes next year. Yeah, right. I, I don't necessarily want to already get into next season. Like it's January basketball. We haven't even hit, you know, end of Big Twelve right. play in March. We still mm-hmm. got a whole month left after this one. But with all that being said, the diversity of scoring, we don't have like a true guy who just goes out and scores every single game. It's Bruce no. Bryce Thompson against Texas, which tried so hard, almost came back. Avery last night against Iowa State, and then we had Bryce against Baylor go off too. So yeah. we, we've got a chance as a team to really have a lot of great guys who score, but it's somehow we can't get it all synced up where we have Avery score 20, Bryce score 20, et cetera. And I know that's kind of not really the flow of an offense, but right. can you imagine if likely scored 13 every <clears throat> night on six and nine shooting? I, that would, that would open up everything for us. If I, if I could, if I could score 13 points, six and nine, one free throw, we, we would be, yeah. It would should expand everything a lot more. I I think the last night likely is what we expect, right? That's that's the likely that we are anticipating. Um that's how he should play very aggressively. And I'm not expecting him to score 13, but <clears throat> he's a guy that's capable to have 10 and 5 very 10 5 and 5 probably very easily every single night. Well, he has all defensive rebounds last night. Six of yeah. them. So he's so last night, for example, he's plays 40 minutes, had hits one free throw, but is 13, six, and eight. You know, 13 points, six rebounds, eight assists, three steals. Yeah, I mean, granted, also three turnovers, but he's putting in a lot of work. Like it's it's kind of like Bryce Thompson, where I don't know what happened last night. He just was he killed against Baylor. Baylor's the number one team in the country. We're mm-hmm. at their place, and Bryce Thompson goes, I'm fired up. I'm heating up whatever. I'm killing it. And for whatever reason last night, Thompson was 0-5 from three, one of eight shooting the ball. You know, and he, he helps out his numbers a little bit. Not a, ton, but a little bit. By going five of six from the charity stripe, right? But mm-hmm. Bryce Thompson, a five-star recruit against what was going into the night a ninth ranked Iowa State team in the Big 12, so, which which uh, you can devalue the big you can devalue a team you can or you can say they're 23rd in the country. I'm yeah. going to say this as you know as 
almost everyone who listens knows. The Big 12 is the best conference in basketball. It's a gauntlet one through ten. There's no easy game night in, night out. You said that last yeah. podcast. We've both have been saying it for years now. So saying, oh, a guy has an off night against Iowa State, they're not even – that's tough no matter what. But, man, if, if, if Thompson's able to get it going a little bit and we can just get guys where Thompson has 15 when Avery goes off for 30, like – we win games. That, that's it. We win games. We just don't have that offensive identity. And having only two guys scoring double digits hurts us a lot. But the other key thing I'd say is that we don't have like a knockdown three-point shooter. Yeah. At the end of the day, we are, we're looking at guys. There's a guy who's a recruit last night who, was, who I'll get to later on here who was watching Oklahoma State's game. Of course, sneaker night was a lot of fun. We're doing a lot of great things I think promotion wise with recruiting and all the athletes coming in the building for Oklahoma state athletics right now too. Mm-hmm. But when I look over at, you know, this Iowa state team, it's the Condit kid, as you said, played 28 minutes, but he was four of four from the field. Like that's insane. Yeah. Didn't take one, didn't take one three pointer, but you know, he's a tall kid, 28 minutes, Two or three from the charity stripe, ten points, but and he puts up four assists, grabs eight rebounds, three of them are offensive rebounds too. I, I can read off like every stat sheet, but the key, the other key thing is just they were able to spread around the points. They have one, two, three, four guys in double digits, two of which were not starters. And man, just if we get a, that guy who would reliably score fifteen points a night, and I think that is Price Williams, to be honest. Yeah, in. What we saw last night is what Avery Anderson should do every night. Honestly, not not scoring 34 points, but attacking. He's not a jump shooter. We know this. Like we he he can be. He was last night. That's why the game was so close. Um but he he's not. He's not he's not really a jump shooter and that's okay. But he is a driver. He is a free throw getter. And that's what he needs to do. And he just, I don't know what it is this year, but he just hasn't really done it. He's He's got to be working on it. Because at this point, Avery was one of those guys where I said, wow, he maybe goes to the draft last year. He went to the NBA draft scouts, mm-hmm. right, to get graded. Ends up coming back, of course, through the way you can. And I was going, this is the season where Avery Anderson goes off. Preseason podcast about Big 12 basketball. Okay, Avery goes off. Bryce Thompson also goes off. Man, we've got a good team. I mean, this really came in with like high hopes for this team. Cisse is a five-star recruit, too, who transferred from Memphis, who's just an incredibly great guy defensively. I thought he played a great game last night. He did. To be honest. He could have waited for half a millisecond longer or something. Maybe it's not offensive basket interference where they count the bucket. But I'll end up with this before we get to that point. We we have a tough schedule ahead of us. Big 12 yeah. is the toughest team, you know, toughest conference overall. Iowa State came in as the ninth-ranked team in the Big 12 last night, but they are 23rd in the country coming into that game, too. Yep. So it's not like they lost all five conference games last, you know, before they played against us last night either. With all this being said here, is Iowa State a tournament team? I would say yeah. So I don't feel that bad then. To be honest, if we if we're only losing to tournament teams the rest of the way, 
And that's eight out of 10 teams in the Big 12 because we can't make it. And I doubt the Big 12 gets more than eight, you know, gets a nine. I think they to be get, honest. I think they get eight. I, I do too. Joe Lenardi thinks they get eight. We're not being that biased, really. We're no. seeing other, other, you know, worldly guys out there who have other opinions besides you and us. You and I, excuse me. Come down and go, yeah, you know what? I think the Big 12 gets eight. KU, Baylor, easily. And, you know, we can tack Texas. Yeah. We can keep going here with the teams. <laughs> so, at the end of the day, there's probably going to be only one other team besides us that doesn't make the NCAA tournament. And I have to go, you know what? This team is, we are a tournament team. But we're not playing like it. And we can't make the tournament. So, I'm not going to be that mad or that upset when we don't beat turn When we... We lose to teams that are going to make the tournament. Yeah, I mean, the Big 12 is just, it's loaded. And like you said, we have a pretty not very fun schedule coming up. Obviously, we play Florida this weekend. The one the one frustrating part, I, I feel like Bryce Williams will probably play this weekend. I just feel like this is one of those games that, he will want to play. Isn't he from Florida? Yeah. So I feel like this is probably one of the games he will want to play. He's playing against his old coach, all that stuff. Um, but it, it's, it's frustrating when you lose two games by a combined eight points to two ranked teams and your best score didn't play in either, or your highest score didn't play in either of them. That, like, that's, and I know we can sit here and, you know, play the injury bug game with everybody, but Bryce Thompson, or Bryce Williams for Oklahoma State is more than a score, and he has been for, for the last two years. So missing him is honestly like missing our best player. Really We're talking is. about a six-two guard who led the team in blocks last year. Yeah, right. Yeah, like, you know, an average blocks per game. Yeah, that. There's not a lot of other Big Twelve teams. There's not a lot of other teams in the country who have a guard leading their team in blocks. Let alone be the guy who's maybe the shortest guy on the court most of the time. Now Williams' vertical is probably forty plus, you know, or whatever it is too, because he's able to get to a lot more balls than he would think. Swat yeah. him out of the way, and CC will probably beat him in the numbers this year. With that being said, but man, it's just Caleb Boone playing 17 minutes and having three points. Okay. All right. Tariq Smith playing seven minutes and having two points. Okay. All right. Like, whatever. Caleb Boone, six minutes, six points. So, what's the deal? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, he's just he two or two from the field, two or two from the free throw line feel like he was the guy who, I mean, you average a point a minute. I'm going to take another couple looks to see what happened in the game, to be honest. Right? Like, I just... Yeah. It's just it's bizarre. I just feel like the points... The, the minutes, in retrospect, can always be reallocated. That's what we that's what we do when we don't win games. We look back through and we go, I'm going to nitpick this, 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 and this, and see what could be better. I'm fully yeah. aware of that. But I'm also fully aware that Avery scoring... 34 is not going to happen again this season. I mean, that's his career high. Yeah. If he scores yeah. 34 in, in another game <clears> this season and we lose, it really, I will have a lot more questions, to be honest. Well, and I think 
you know, we're coming off of that West Virginia game um, that he ended his career on last year. And so we're coming in and expecting a different kind of Avery Anderson. And I just, you know, someone, someone told us that he thinks it's a Cade thing. You know, we've been told that before um, <clears throat> by people with uh, a little bit more, a little closer to the program than us, that, that a lot of people think it's a Cade thing and, and so on and so forth. And yeah, like I, I don't necessarily disagree. I guess our point is we just expected Avery to take a step up and I don't know if he has some, I don't want to make excuses for the guy, but I don't know if he's injured. I don't know if the offense doesn't fit for him. All of those can be true. Um, but I think the Avery Anderson we saw last night is the Avery Anderson that not 34 points, but, but the aggressiveness is the Avery Anderson we expect um, on a nightly basis. Like I'm okay if that dude drives and takes 12 free throws because we see how good he is at getting fouled and he could miss all 12 of those shots. But if he gets to take two free throws every time, I'm okay with that. But we, I, I think we want to see the aggressiveness because you and I both expected that, he would be the highest scorer on the team. Yeah, I do think this is the, you know, like you said, like we've heard from other sources too, that this is a Cade deal where at the end of the game, we kind of like look around and one guy takes over. It'd just be nice if we got to that point of, okay, who's going to take over? And we were already killing it. Right, that's what everyone would wish. Everyone wishes that you know we are we are winning the last five minutes of the game. You didn't have to come back. You didn't weren't tied with them. Likely had a quote after the game where he said, "Yeah, the lead changes are fun for the fans, but it's not fun for us." Well, no crap. No, it's not fun for you guys. No, it is fun for us to watch, but it's not a lot of fun for us to watch when we lose. Right. <laughs> you know, and it's also not a lot of fun when you're thinking at the end of the game, "Oh my gosh, just oh they really called that offensive basket interference," which. I think goes into your deal of what is what is goaltending at this point because I, I I think we have a need to have a new segment of like what ref ruling was Jake pissed off about this week. And well, I'm we just can, gonna find yeah. one. <laughs> I I went on this tangent a little bit before the podcast when Kyle and I were talking. I don't understand, and you agreed. I don't understand offensive goaltending. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, I think that the reason that rules are put in place is so nobody gets a competitive advantage, right? One, injuries, which is a big one. And so the game's played fair, right? Like the, that's pretty much it. Prevent injury and fair play. So, I mean, you can you can go down a list of rules where they're in place and nobody gets a competitive advantage, pass interference, holding, goaltending. I mean, you can keep going. All of these rules have the same effect. I couldn't come up with one for offensive goaltending, whatever the hell they want to call it. I couldn't come up with it. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me because every other league outside of the U.S., plays without offensive goaltending. And I know we're the best basketball league, blah, blah, blah. Every other league plays without it. FIBA rules 
play without the stupid cylinder rule. And <clears throat> I would love for somebody to explain to me what the cylinder rule is. Because I watch a lot of basketball. And every time I see it come up, it still doesn't make any sense to me. So that that's kind of my rant. Do Did it affect the game? Yes, significantly. It significantly affected the outcome of the game. That Because the game went to overtime. It, it did. And the game was in overtime. And, you know, if we're down by 10 in overtime, it doesn't affect the game. But when you're talking about the basket that would put us up, yeah, it, it affects the game with, what, less than 20 seconds left, right? We go up with less than 20 seconds left, and they call it off for offensive basket interference. I mean, just the, just saying it out loud, offensive basket interference. So it's like, are you getting a competitive advantage? No. Are you hurting somebody? No. So what is the point of the rule? To play devil's advocate a little bit, it has to be because it gives an unfair advantage to the team who's trying to go rebound it. I mean, for example, if Cisse is playing against Iowa State or mm -hmm. Texas, it gives us a huge advantage. Anytime the ball is put up, hits the backboard, comes off, whatever, instead of hitting, hitting off the backboard and then seeing if it's going to hit off the rim, right, or seeing then if it's going to go over the cylinder or not, we can just dunk it. If we're on offense, if we're on defense, you have to wait. Period. So that that's the easy and example is that it just gives a teams that who have a size advantage just such a so much bigger of an advantage than they would normally have. Now, with all that being said, the U.S. is the only you know U.S. has most of, if not all, of the professional basketball that you and I would want to watch on a daily basis, right? Yeah. So they're doing something right with it. I would say it's just a it's just a tough spot for us to be in again, mm -hmm. because I'm not going to go into like the well if it goes this way or this <clears throat> way or whatever. You know, at the end of the season, if we could have been eleven and nine, excuse me, eleven and eight after last night instead of being ten and nine, I'd feel a lot better. But who knows? Maybe CSA dunks that. They call it good, and then Iowa State comes down, hits the three-pointer, <clears throat> and they still win. Yeah. Just the Avery Anderson push-off on replay, it's real easy to see that, yeah, he extends his arm out there. But live was not easy to tell whatsoever. I don't know and, how the refs made that call on the push-off, to be honest. And, and again, as I've said before, there is a time and place – to call certain calls, especially if you're not consistent across the whole game, which no ref is. But mm -hmm. there were multiple times. There was even an and one that Hunter, I think, I think last name Hunter, um, he got an and one because he powers, uh, what did they call it? The power hop, right? Where you go one, two, jump. But his jump was like this. So he shouldered Avery Anderson and like <clears throat> trucked him. And as Avery Anderson's falling down, he tries to swipe for the ball, hits his arm. That's an obvious foul, but the contact wasn't engaged by the defender. And it's like, okay, so we could we could do this all day, right? Like we could do 
back and forth. We could do the, the back and forth. But that was one of the things when the game is literally almost tied the entire game. You call two critical calls. One when the game is tied and one when, when OSU is down by one to take away a bucket in benefit of the other team. Like, I'm sorry, out-of-bounds calls aren't subjective. They're not. Like, y'all, y'all stepped out-of-bounds like three times. I'm sorry you couldn't get the ball inbounded and over half court. That's not my problem. But offensive goaltending and a little iffy charge when they called it are are not good. Now, all that being said, do I think we deserve to lose? No. Do I think Iowa State deserved to lose? Also no. I think both teams deserve to win that game. It was just a shame that it came down to what it came down to. Yeah. At the end of the day, we of course want Oklahoma State to win, but we also of course want to see you know, some great basketball overall. It sucks one of the two teams had to lose, and it sucks it was us. Yeah. You know? And also, ESPN, figure it out, okay? Put college basketball games on ESPN on Wednesdays. Nobody wants to watch Heat Knicks. Nobody. It was a 30-point game in the third quarter, all right? Figure it out. There's good college basketball on almost every single night. Yeah, I, I do agree with that just because Heat Knicks, you can have so many of the NBA players. The NBA season is either too long or there's not restrict or there's not strict enough rules on guys playing in a certain amount of games, to be honest. Yeah. Because there's a quite often times that <clears throat> I'm saying it's horrible grammatically today, but it happens way too often that I go, Oh my gosh, I cannot wait to watch the Suns versus, for example, last night. Oh, dude, Suns versus Jazz. Great game, right? Yeah, Except I actually not. watched that one. Except for, okay, well, still, the refs screwed up at the end where they teed up. Oh, gosh, was it? I was, Deand- asle- I was asleep by then. DeAndre Aiden or Javel McGee? I forget who, Booker, but somebody got teed up at the Booker, end. Booker got a terrible technical foul early in the game as well. Yeah, well, Booker ends up shooting two text at the end to like ice it basically mm. um i think it's on white side excuse me tall center dude but clearly on the jazz at this point it's on white side got a horrible tech at the end of the game for mouthing off it's like okay you know what like if the ref doesn't hear that then whatever so i'd always say put on some big 12 basketball it'll always be a close game put on big big 12 wednesday nights let's do it why not or ucla yeah. arizona i don't know if that was last night i don't think it was but there's a bunch of great college basketball. Everyone would love to watch college basketball because all these guys are trying to make it to the NBA yeah. or they're trying to make it to the next step. So they're playing every single night as hard as they can. And the NBA I, guys, like we got to figure out a midseason tournament and the NBA is a whole really other topic for you and I talk about another day because there's just Lakers 76ers is tonight. And I don't care. I don't, well, I don't know who's playing. I don't know. I know. I know I, LeBron's I not. Because apparently that's breaking news. Well, uh, it's like I saw breaking news flashed across my screen. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what happened? They're like, 
LeBron's not playing his knee sore. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I don't care. Well, Lakers Nets. Oh, gosh, you know what? That'd be a fun game, right? Well, except for the fact that it was just James Harden playing against <laughs> the Lakers. And, like Kevin Durant's injured for a certain amount of weeks. So it's yeah. not, yeah. this is not a help and safety protocol rest thing. Carving's got a whole different other debacle we could talk about another day for five hours. Or not. That he can't play, or, or, or not. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to push this off yes. for forever, to be honest. Yeah. So we don't talk about it. Yeah, he, there you go. he can't play home games. But then again, that hurts the NBA trying to set up. Oh, let's have Saturday night so, on NBA TV. I, and just let me Lakers let me ask you stuff. this: Is because I want to read this off really quickly because this got announced when we as we were doing the podcast, and then get to some of the NFL games because I've actually been watching that. Is it worth watching the NBA this year just from an entertainment aspect? The games yes, that they actually but, put on TV. The games that yes, are actually on TV. But you have to be watching a selection of two to three teams, and that's it. The rest that of the teams sucks. that put on TV don't watch. That's but sucks. well, but like it's but but for you and I, Suns for sure. Sign me up every single time. Warriors. Yeah, Suns are great. Warriors, Warriors are great. Steph Curry is putting up some tour dates, some four and twenty-one, some one and twenty, you know, whatever it is, right? I'm trying to be funny here. Yeah. But because exactly. everyone's made that joke at the end of the day because he's had a horrible shooting slump in January since he broke the three-point record. Nonetheless, it's great if you want to watch Warriors. It's great if you want to watch Suns. Jazz probably fun. Then, of course, your team. That's the third team. Your team. So for you and my team's not Wizards, fun to watch. Not a lot of fun to watch. But, Never on television. But Thunder, fun to watch. Not really on TV. I just got one last thing to say here on the NBA topic before we move on. Hey, Detroit Pistons, I want to buy a Kate Cunningham jersey. I want to buy a Kate Cunningham jersey, just get shipped directly to me, not like a personalized jersey. I want to buy a Kate Cunningham city jersey. Yeah. Have it on the website. They don't we, have it. On, it's not on the website? I cannot buy. So I know it's like a niche thing, right? I know it's a niche thing. But it's a the city jersey, so they only make one of those. They change the city jersey every year. But Cade's rookie year city jersey, I used to work in Detroit. And Cade used to go to Oklahoma State. Clear connection there. <laughs> so would love to, if at all possible, buy Cade okay. Cunningham city jersey. I currently have to personalize a city jersey to get Kate's name in there. And it's just the extra 30 bucks, but also just the convenience factor is just not there. So, yeah. I'll, just, I'll message somebody, I'll figure it out. But nonetheless, last, it's just frustrating. Last NBA, have you seen the NBA starters yet for the All Star game? I've seen enough of it. Andrew Wiggins is one of them. Yeah. So we've got Steph Curry. Okay. John Morant. Okay. LeBron James, probably not. Jokic, yeah, probably. And Andrew Wiggins. Wiggins is the one guy who should not be on there. I mean, should LeBron be an all-star starter this year? If he didn't yeah. have the fan vote, is he an all-star starter? He's averaging 29 points a game. Well, it helps when you don't play every night. But he he should be. <laughs> to be honest, okay. they're not. they're not a lottery team. LeBron's been good enough, and LeBron's like the face of the league still to this day. Um, the other ones we have, DeMar DeRozan, Trey Young, 
guess losing what 12 straight at home doesn't matter. Um, Kevin Durant also not playing doesn't matter. Um, Joel Embiid and Giannis. Embiid and Giannis are like shoe-ins, and I, from my little NBA knowledge this year, but Embiid's on my fantasy team, so that helps. But it's uh, Demar and Trey Young being all-star starters is uh, interesting to say the least. Demar definitely deserves it, though. To be honest, okay. he just has been putting up stats. Now he was out for a little bit, came back, whatever. He missed. Monday night against Oklahoma City, and the Thunder almost pulled off the win there. Regardless, DeMar deserves it. Trey Young does not. It just, I don't know. Is what it is. That's our NBA segment for the day. Um, That's pretty much again, pretty much between you and me. Another podcast I'll cover a lot more NBA. Don't get me wrong. There you go. And it looks like somebody did hear me that now I can buy a K Cunningham replica jersey. Oh, nice. On Fanatics. So shout out to Fanatics. Way to have that. Oh. Yeah. It's actually not as expensive as I thought it would be, to be honest. So regardless here. Let's talk some NFL though. So Yeah. All right, let's just lead it off. Kansas City versus Buffalo. Best game you've ever seen. Pro football. I want to. I want to say yes. I don't know why I wouldn't say yes. I think the the only other one in in my recent memory that I could compare it to, um, twenty eight to three was legendary. But I wouldn't say it was necessarily like a super fun game to watch like this one was. Um, New Orleans and Minnesota. Uh, the Stefan Diggs touchdown with like no seconds left on the clock. That one was pretty cool. But I would say like of the pro football that we've had as of late, this one is, I mean, it was incredible. I, I can't really, there's no words to describe how great this game was. I'm just sorry if you didn't watch it. I'm sorry you missed it. Like that's now the funny part is, it's funny once everybody starts playing Big 12 football that people are like, wow, this is really fun. Instead of just crapping on the defenses the whole game. <laughs> From my aspect of it, it's a lot of fun to watch NFL games like that. Now, the Big 12, though, that's not Oklahoma State offense from this past year, but it is. It's a lot of fun to watch high-scoring football games. I don't know why we're not saying this every single time. It's a lot of fun to watch when there's just a bunch of risky big plays at the end and we're not like trying to have a whole clock run out management deal. The other part of it that's a lot of fun, for me at least, is that we have like topics just to go on about the NFL. We just yeah. for the NBA for five minutes or whatever about how it's just not going the way you'd want it to, et cetera, et cetera. Instead... NFL, it's going exactly how they'd want to. Granted, the first weekend of games was bad. The second weekend of games, unparalleled, amazing. I mean, right? Every single game ended as time expired on regular regulation on a field goal. Did we we have high expectations for the first round of games? Because I felt like 
there were a couple teams in the playoffs that <clears throat> might not have had not necessarily the highest expectations for, it, but they had a little fraud in them. And I actually heard this, uh, I think it was on Ryan Rosillo's podcast. Troy Aikman was on there, so it was pretty interesting. Um, I feel like he doesn't really get in those types of settings, but <clears throat> they brought up Dallas, obviously. And the one thing I'll say about Dallas, because of course we have to bring them up because we're talking about the NFL, um, is I think having... And same, I mean, I guess you could say the same for Philly this year. Um, but a lot of their wins came from the division just being so sorry. Like, the division is just so bad, it almost doesn't help Dallas out at all. Because it's like, then they go play a good team and they're like, what is this? You know what really doesn't help out at all? It's the Packers. Yeah, The Vikings were the only team that was seemingly somewhat good. But the Packers, weirdly enough, of any NFC team, had no other <clears throat> team make it to the playoffs. I mean, you're talking they get two games against the Lions, two games against the Bears, two games against the Vikings every year. Mm -hmm. If I'm a Packers fan, sign me up. Vikings yeah. fire their head coach after the end of the season. Even the Vikings were the best out of the four teams there. Or, excuse me, the best out of those three teams that didn't make the playoffs. And if you're Dallas, at least Philly made the playoffs, to be honest. Yeah. I didn't have high hopes at all for Philly. I thought that game would go how it did. Yeah. I didn't have high hopes for the Raiders. I thought that game would go honestly worse than it did. It was much closer than I thought it would be Bengals-Raiders. The Raiders are interesting to me. They're like a whole conundrum. It's just a bizarre like they, deal. And I, it, I'm sorry. It's hard not to like Derek Carr. Like, just as a person. You don't have to necessarily think he's the greatest quarterback in the world, but just him and how he operates, um, the things he says, he's just... He backs it up, basically. And and I respect that a lot. I, I, can, I can get with that. I can agree with that. I, of course, wish, you know, your team or my team is more competitive yep. in the playoffs this year. But Dallas against 49ers, that was bizarre. For one other reason, a lot of Niners fans. Yeah. And I know we can, talked about that game, but, man, there's a lot of red in the stadium. Can, can we just say that I picked every single game correctly on the phone with you this weekend? You, you did. So not, <laughs> you know, you're, you're qualifying it because, of course, yeah. as anyone knows, we didn't make picks. So that's why I want us to make picks here. Today. Yeah. So, first pick is, will 50% of the stadium, when Rams Niners play, be red or blue? How What's where, the percentage percentage guess that'll be where red? Where is it? Oh, it's in, it's in SoFi Stadium. It's in LA. It's in SoFi. They're restricting ticket sales. Oh, they the are. Niners fans. Have you not seen this? Yeah. No, I yeah. haven't. Um... I, I genuinely think there's probably going to be more red. More red than Rams, yeah. yellow, yeah. Or blue. Unless people from St. Louis are just like killing themselves, you know. That's the deal, though, is that anyone our age knows that it's the St. <clears throat> Louis Rams, not the Los Angeles Rams, to be honest. Who 
Who do you have winning that game? I have the Rams barely because there's so many weird stats that go for the Niners. Yeah. Almost as though when we were watching the Iowa State Oklahoma State game, or it was yeah. like Iowa State, how many times did they pop up with that stat of like 24 road conference losses yeah. in a row? <laughs> yeah. I was like, can you not show that every five seconds? I <laughs> feel like we're right. definitely like, well, that makes me feel like we're cursed that we're going to be the team because they keep showing that, right? Yeah, and they may have been showing that against you know when Iowa State played their last road conference game when they saying was twenty three, but man, that definitely was a like a predetermined jinx type of deal. I was like, okay, yeah. this is this is this is not great. There, I Sean McVay, I don't know. OS six against Kyle Shanahan in his career. That's that's bizarre. I. I'm interested to see how this game's going to go. I, I really am. I I don't think it's going to be very good at all. Well, let's make the pick for the game, and then we'll talk about okay. Bills Chiefs a little bit in the overtime deal. Yeah, and then make a pick for, of course, Chiefs Bengals at that point. Chiefs Bengals. So, who you got Niners or Rams? Grant. We're making these picks on Thursday. Games on Sunday. Do you want the do you want the line? Yeah. All right, let me get it for you here real quick here. Niners, Rams. To me, I think I'll say it this way. I'm picking the Rams. The Rams are the better team on paper. They're the better team in the stat sheet. They're the better team in the record. Mm-hmm. The only thing they're not better in is they didn't beat the Rams this season. Excuse me, they didn't yeah. beat the Niners this season. That's what I get very, very worried about it. Yeah. To be honest. So it's tough. It's I don't know. I I think I might pick the Niners that game. And I feel like doesn't Stafford have like an absolutely awful uh pick six rating where he like has like an insane amount of pick sixes? I, yeah, but he didn't have one against the Bucks. I'm knocking on the table or anything. Yeah, it. I I'm approaching because I said when we talked on the phone, um, and I know this is kind of a cop out, so that's why I said I picked the Niners. But I feel like I'm approaching this with the same way as Niners Packers. It wouldn't surprise me. Like, I, I think the Niners will win, but it wouldn't surprise me if the Packers did. So I know that's kind of a cop-out, but I will pick the Niners um, just head-to-head. I don't know. I, I think it's a weird game. And from what I've heard, beating a team three times in one year is not as wonky as it is in, like, basketball or college football. Um, well, so the Niners... Niners did it against the Seahawks in 04. Yep. They won, it's been done like they won 22 all, they times, yeah, right? It's, like it's kind of crazy the amount of times it's happened, to be honest. Yeah. But yeah. here's the spread. Yeah, it's four years of spread. Mm-hmm. LA is favored by three and a half. Uh, you know, minus three and a half. It's the Rams. The over-under is 46. The money line is Los <laughs> Angeles minus 175. San Francisco plus 150. The Rams are two and six against the spread in their last eight games. And the Niners are five and one against the spread in their last six games as road underdogs. 
And what time is, is that? Are both games Sunday? Both games are Sunday. I believe this is the first, of two, although it's got to be the later of the two games, to be honest. Like mapping wise, how are the yeah the central That's time true. zone? <clears throat> yeah, I, I I agree with that. But I I've got I've got Niners um, semi reluctantly, but I I think I just feel like they're gonna pull it out somehow. Um, and like like I said, you can't really use the the three times in one year rule because it doesn't really apply and the other the other factor is the only time you're playing someone three times in one year is if you play them in the playoffs (laughs) so and it's happened 22 times that's a lot that is a lot of times that this has happened um so yeah that's that's my uh that's my pick um next game Bengals Chiefs. Yeah. Um, I hope it's a shootout. I do. I hope it's a shootout. Um, I want the Bengals to win. Just, I would just like to see Burrow. Um, But I would not like to see Burrow go up against either Joey Bosa or Aaron Donald because I think they would literally kill him Uh, because his line sucks. So... I, but I am going to pick the Chiefs. I think it'll be uh, Chiefs-Niners. A lot of red going on there, playing in SoFi Stadium, ironically. Yeah, that actually would be very ironic. Chiefs-Niners. Knocking I'm gonna say, both teams out. <laughs> I, I'm going to say, yeah. I'm going to say it's going to be the Chiefs. I want the Bengals to win. Just I, I feel like it's just like you do. Weirdly enough, we saw this exact same matchup. Except for it was in Cincinnati, yeah. This month, January second. So, man, both these both these teams were destined to basically play each other. Cincinnati beat Kansas City thirty four thirty one, January second, twenty twenty two. What are we doing? So, crazy deal. Of course, Joe Burrow gets sacked nine times against the Titans past weekend, and still they end up winning. Granted, on a walk-off field goal, but walk-off field goal, walk-off field goal. Let's do it. Yeah. So, I'm excited to watch this. Uh, Of the two games, I'm more excited to watch this one because I think this game could lead itself to much more of a Bills-Chiefs-esque type matchup, whereas I think the Rams-Niners is either the Rams blow them out or the Niners have to make it a close game the entire time and the Niners pull it out the end. Yeah. Like, there was no way that the Packers were – going to lose a shootout against the Niners, but there's definitely no. a way where the Packers were going to lose a weird special teams deal against the Niners for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers also. I mean, you're going to be nice from the playoffs, my guy. You're yeah. going to be nice from the championship round. So I'm sorry about you. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll pick this one just for clearing a clear record. Very at the end. You have red, red, you have yeah. chiefs, Niners. Yeah. yeah. I have yep. red, blue slash yellow, whatever they're called, the Rams. <laughs> you associate with more. So I have Chiefs Rams. Gotcha. Super Bowl. We'll make some roll picks here later on. It'll be a lot of fun. Last thing I'd say is, is that how would you fix the NFL overtime rules? I've got a couple ideas myself, but I want to hear what your opinion is too. Because <clears throat> great, Josh Allen had a great quote after the game. He said, I can't be mad because if we got in the ball first, we would have won too. Yeah, 
That's a great, and, great mentality. Great way to say it. Absolutely. Also, shout out to the Chiefs fans for having like a ceremonious type of deal where they donate money to the opposing players, like charity. Yeah. They donate hundred fifty thousand dollars to Josh Allen's like sponsored charity. Shout yeah. out to the Chiefs fans for doing that because that was one hell of a great game at the end. Yeah, it was. Um, I. I think the way that I would fix NFL overtime is just make it similar to college. I like in, I don't know if it's something as simple as I, I think having the clock in overtime is dumb. I, I, I think that's kind of dated. Um, I personally like college football overtime. I don't see many issues with it. Um, I've heard some funny ones thrown around where you play like three overtimes. And then if you're still tied after that, then you have like a kickoff for field goals. Um, I think that would be really fun because the, again, you're not going to make it there that much. Um, It's just not like three overtimes. I mean, we saw the Illinois Penn State game this year that went to like nine, but that's not going to happen frequently. It's not. Those teams both both also just have horrendous offenses. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm not I'm not opposed to the college football overtime rule. If you want to put a clock on it, sure, that wouldn't be my first bet. Um, but I understand NFL players kind of needing to have maybe to just not play as much, um, getting tired and so on and so forth. So I, I think they just need to have the other team get a chance at the ball. I, I, I think it coming down to, and, you know, people will be like, well, why don't you just stop them? Shut up. Your team couldn't stop Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen. My team couldn't stop Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen. So it, it you know, it doesn't matter. But I think that game is the prime reason as to why, not just for the spectator, but for the fairness aspect. Like you're talking about it coming down to the flip of a coin. And I know it's hard to argue now because they know the rules. The rules haven't changed. They know what the rules are. So that's it. But the rules need to change. And I think it's okay to say that. So here's what I'd say. For any regular season game, it can end, it can end in a tie. Don't care. Steelers versus Lions ended in a tie this season. Did not need overtime to tell me that, right? Did not need an extra ten minutes to figure out Steelers versus Lions, where it's unfortunately Roethlisberger's backup, I believe, and Rudolph playing against you know Jared Goff. Did not need overtime there. So any regular season game. Overtime's not needed. If ends in a tie, ends in a tie. We'll figure out the tiebreakers later on where the Steelers could weirdly make it in if both, you know, if both the Chargers and Raiders games end in not a tie, but, you know, have those fun scenarios, right? More ties in the regular season. It won't make everyone happy, but for everyone in the NFL who's a player whose ruling is let's not do the college football deal because of that, it only extends the game for forever. I'm fine with regular season. No overtime ever need be necessary. Then, in the NFL playoffs, where you cannot have that deal and you have to decide a winner, 
no matter what, you play 10 minutes, both teams get the ball. That's it. You play 10 minutes. As long as both teams touch the ball within the 10 minutes, you're good. If there is some freak thing where the Chiefs get the ball and are able to go 11 yards every single time where the other team never gets the ball, then you know what? I'll pay someone 50 bucks. Sorry. It's just <laughs> never happening. It's just never happening. I mean, maybe yeah. 500. It's just, that's not happening. 10 minutes. It's not happening. Both teams were so tired. Both of those defenses have to be gassed. Oh, the they were. Yeah. I mean, when we're talking about at the end of the game, how did no one like bump Kelsey? Somebody should have. Somebody should have played press cover. Excuse me. And not let him get that wide open in the middle of the field. Right. It's a great yeah. story between Mahomes telling him, no, do it, do it, Kelsey, do it, whatever, right? Like, sees the mm-hmm. deal, runs it, whatever, and somehow the Chiefs are the first team ever to get the ball back with 13 seconds left and ended up winning the game, right? Mm-hmm. But we love watching more football. No one's rooting yeah. for less football. So no. I'm just saying, just play one more 10-minute period. Both teams are going to get the ball. Just play the 10 minutes. What are we doing? You played... 60 what's 10 minutes more because both teams were gassed and it ends up being a shootout where okay both teams are tied at the end of the 10 minute period as well too then you know what start it over i mean just 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 keep it going yeah you know do a no coin toss do whatever and guys gotta keep going but move move on with it maybe make it a five minute overtime where it's just five minutes you know each team has one timeout whatever ends up being but no matter what, each team should get a chance to have the football in their offensive possession. So, and me, and I'm fully aware, like, you know what? You can have normal overtime rules right now, except for you extend, you add one more sentence. No matter what, the opposing team, no matter what, the team who doesn't win the coin toss gets the ball. So, if the team so, drive down, score a touchdown, walk off, Kelsey throws the ball in the air. This seems a lot more like a game that I watched in SoFi Stadium earlier this year against the Chargers. You know what? If the Chargers get the ball back and don't score, game. That's it. Game. Decided. We don't what? need to play the rest of the 10-minute mark, you know, from whatever is on. This is my theory. If the – and, you know, it might be a little flawed in some ways, but if the fatigue and the um, the tiredness area is, is a problem, what's wrong with doing, like, a two-minute drill? Both offenses get the ball for two minutes and try and score. And you we'll get see. one time you get one time out. See, to be honest, I don't think there's any problem at all. And I have no problem at all with just merging the college rule into the NFL rule. Yeah. But every single guy on Sports Center and Fox Sports and wherever else says, okay, well, if you do that, then the game never ends. Like it truly, it's just an offensive super, you know, sweepstakes, whatever. So, you know what, what if you do it and both teams start on the 40 instead of the 25? Yeah. Right. Okay. They got 40 yards to go instead of 25 yards and touchdown, touchdown wins, you know, touchdown doesn't win it. The other team gets the ball back no matter what. And you flip the, you just keep playing that way. Right. there are so many different possibilities of ways to fix this, yeah. but every single way is better than what it is now. I agree. And you know what? We You talked about it earlier, and you mentioned as well, too. It used to be you could just go down and kick a field goal and win. That'd be it. But Which was even is, dumber. This, which, but this, is, this is why I love like living life, I guess, longer, is that 
as you get older, you learn more and you learn yeah. how you can do things better. It's not like we have to stick with what this is. Everyone yeah. knows that there is a better way of doing it. That the offense in the NFL is really truly driving the sport. Yeah. That seeing Aaron Donald sack a guy 20 times is not really getting people off the couch. You and I are not talking about TJ Watt tying the sack leading, you know, all-time sack mm-hmm. leader in the NFL this year, even yeah. though he missed a couple of games. Grant, there was one extra game this season, but even though he missed a game or two, right? We're not talking about that defensively. We're yeah. instead talking about how that we wish that Josh Allen, freakazoid human athlete, who runs like he's Jerome Bettis, but can throw like he's, I'd say, Romo. He's not Patrick Mahomes accurate, but he's Romo accurate, right? Is is a guy we wanted to see get the ball one more time. So we would much rather that happen than watch, unfortunately, the Bills DBs not keep up, right? Because would you have rather watched at the end of the day? And I know what the answer is. I know the answer is no. But you would not You would much rather watch the game that we did when I'm traveling through the sky <laughs> to come out to <laughs> Oklahoma for a family trip here. And there are people oddly gasping on a plane. Like, that was the coolest thing ever. In yeah. the airport, people wearing Chiefs masks, Chiefs jerseys, people wearing a, a Bills hat, someone wearing a 49ers mask, et cetera, et cetera, all type of stuff, right? Yeah. And going, oh, ah. you know? Yeah. It's like, oh, my gosh, it's like I'm at, like, the best movie theater ever because I get to see everyone else's reactions all around me. A couple people <laughs> were two seconds ahead of me because they didn't have YouTube TV and they're watching it live through cable or whatever it was, too. But it was a lot of fun. Yeah. So just, it was. Football is fun. We're not talking about head trauma. It's 2022. We're not. The only guy that makes us think about it, really, to me, every single day is Junior Seau and Antonio Brown. Oh, that's two guys, but it's really Antonio Brown because that guy, don't know. Crazy dude. <laughs> but no one's going to tell me different from the Devontae's perfect hit that he hasn't changed completely as a human being since that day. No yeah, one's going to well. tell me anything different. And no one's going to make me believe anything different than that Vontez Perfect hit when Perfect was playing for the Bengals and he hits AB coming over the middle with the Steelers. And Brown was probably knocked out of the game and was unconscious, right? Mm-hmm. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about how much fun it is to watch two teams play against each other in a divisional round. We're talking about the next Manning-Brady deal. Yep. And I really hope it's just the first game of the NFL schedule next year, Bills Chiefs. Thursday Night Football, Bills Chiefs. Sign me up right now. I'm in. Because <laughs> that was the Super Bowl to me. Especially if the Super Bowl this year ends up being not in the 30s. For either, if yeah. either team scores 30 points in the Super Bowl this year, then that was a Super Bowl game. Because you, you asked earlier, was that the best game I've ever seen? Hard to say no right now. Hard yeah, to say no. I agree. So I agree. Well, Jake... As always here, thanks so much for joining me on the latest episode of the CJ Tour podcast. Please follow at the CGA Tour on Twitter and Instagram for more. And if you're not already, rate, review, like, follow, subscribe on the YouTube channel as well, too. Thanks so much again, and we'll catch you guys again soon. Peace.